Hello and welcome to the Great British Falkyrie Podcast. My name is Dan and I will be your host this evening. Um, today we're going to be taking a look at a very famous Welsh highwayman known as Tom Sean Catty. Um, he's very famous in Wales and um, he's somewhat of a uh, folk legend, but he also existed, which I know is sounds very complicated. Um, but what it is, is that the man was real, but a lot of the tall tales that sort of surrounded him um, were not. And today we're going to be taking a look at the history of this man and, of course, some of the tall tales. Now, I'm using two sources for this information. One of them is Wikipedia, and I know that Wikipedia is not the most trusted of sources, as it can be edited by I think anyone so we're only going to be using Wikipedia for the tall tales section um, to get the information for that part and then the rest of the history of this fella we're going to get from the website and I, I do apologize for my pronunciations here because I don't speak Welsh very well and um, some of it's quite hard for me to pronounce so randomwin.net sorry um, but yeah, we're going to start off with that one. Tom Sean Catty was born in 1530 and he died in 1609. So it says here, this site was set up to commemorate the life of Thomas Jones, Elias Tom Sean Catty. He is a legendary figure in Welsh history and had a close association with Randurman and the Upper Tiwi Valley. Again, I apologise for pronunciations here. He was born in Tregaron in about 1530, but legend has it that he hid in a location near to Ystradifin Farm, Randurwyn, which has become known as Tim Shonkati's Cave. Much has been written about his exploits, and it is hoped that this website will clarify the facts and the myths about him. In the latter years of his life, he married Joan, a widow who lived a Yestrafidin farm, Rindirwin, and he died in 1609. The hiding place of the man, known as the Welsh Robin Hood, is set to become one of the major attractions of the Upper Towie Valley, following major improvements to the footpath uh, leading to Tum Shankati's cave, high in the wooded hills above, above Randir Moyne. Marvinshire County Council has erected special signs to direct visitors to this site and uh, that is something that I can actually clarify on because I did go there two days ago which was my first ever visit to the location it was quite difficult to find as it didn't turn up on my sat nav but the locals did help me um, on the last sort of like 15 miles or so to get to the RSPCB bird sanctuary which is now where the cave is located um, it's actually a very beautiful place to visit and uh, the terrain <laughs> is very rocky uh, so it was quite difficult to get over um, I wouldn't say it was dis disability friendly or anything like that but um, for me I had a good time but anyway I'm uh, babbling on now in his younger days Tom Shonkati who was born in 1532 and died in 1609 which we've already established was a wild and mischievous character who often went into hiding following daring exploits at the expense of the rich and noble. He was also a fervent Protestant who fled to Geneva to escape persecution by the Catholic Queen Mary and returned to Wales to be granted a royal pardon by Elizabeth I. He countered the royal astrologer John Dee and the Welsh Protestant 
martyr John Penry among his friends, he turned to poetry and became an accomplished heraldic bard. Towards the end of his life, he married Joanne, a wealthy widow who lived at the nearby Ystrade Finn. The cave once attracted thousands of visitors annually and dozens of names have been carved into the rock. Now this is something else that I can definitely clarify as being real because I went into the cave and there was carvings um, of people's names that were dated as far back as the 17th century. Um, there was specifically something from 1832 that was very very clear and you could tell that it wasn't um, done in modern times um, due to the the way that it was carved um, I sort of think that it was used um, it was carved using a tool that we don't have anymore maybe by a stonemason um, it definitely wasn't done with like a screwdriver or anything um, it was very very cool and I would highly recommend that you go and visit it among the names are those of members of the Pembrokeshire Yeomanry who travelled to the cave on horseback just before World War One and carved their names with bayonets Alan Jones, the prime in instigator of the Tim Sean Catty revival campaign, said it was a shame that many of the people who flocked every year to Randy Mern to see the Lynn Brian Reservoir and the Red Kite probably didn't know about Tim Sean Catty and his caves. Um, and then it goes on about, again, how the signs helped people to find the cave now, and it's a lot easier than it used to be, which again, I can clarify. So, a brief history of Tom Sean Cati. Although commonly referred to as a Welsh Robin Hood, Tom Sean Cati deserves better respect. He was of noble blood, a poet, and a heraldic bard of renown. Many of his escapades attributed to him probably flowed from the imagination of various novelists. According to recent research, it is possible that he hid in the famous cave at Randir Moyne to escape religious persecution rather than to avoid the wrath of people who had been tricked by him. Thomas Jones, to give him his real name, was the illegitimate son of the squire of Porfirfinon Fountain Gate near Tregaron and Catherine, Cati, the illegitimate daughter of one of the ancestors of Sir John Wynne of Gwydir. We know that Tom received a pardon from Elizabeth first, but the exact circumstances are unclear. We also know that he served as a steward for the Lordship of Caron. Towards the end of his life, he married Joanne, the widow of Yistra Finn. I think a lot of this was covered at the beginning of this article. Uh, various tales of Tom Shankati have abounded since 1763. The most influential book was The Adventures and Vagaries of Tom Shankati by T.J. Clewellyn Pritchard, published in 1828. Numerous books about him have been published since then, including a series of cartoons reproduced from the Western Mail in the 1950s, and the television series Hawkmore, produced in 1977, was based on Tim's adventures. Oh, wow, okay. Well, that's news to me. I didn't know about these books or the television series. I'll definitely be checking those out. On Tuesday 22nd, the members of Pantheclin Memorial Chapel, together with the Sunday School and Choir, went to their annual outing of Tum Shon Cati's Cave, a well-known pleasant resort. They were conveyed there in about 15 vehicles, being around 140 in number. The trip was greatly enjoyed, the excursions returning about 9 o'clock, having spent the happiest day possible. And that was from an article called The Welshman from Friday 30th of June 1893. 
Um, we're gonna now, before we sort of read this next section called Fat from Fiction, I'm going to hop over to the Wikipedia page and I think we should talk about some of these tall tales of uh, Tom Shumkati to give you some uh, idea on the sort of stories that were being told at the time. So, Tall Tales. Borrow recounted a story in which a farmer is hunting Tom over the theft of a bullock. The farmer reaches Tom's mother's house and asks whether Tom Shonkati, another of Borrow's spellings, lives there. A beggar answers that he does and agrees to hold the farmer's horse and whip for him. As the farmer goes into the house, the beggar jumps onto the horse. It is Tom. He gallops to the house of the farmer and tells the farmer's wife that the farmer is in trouble needs money urgently and has sent Tom to fetch it, with the horse and whip to prove that the message really came from the farmer. The farmer's wife pays up Tom, now in possession of the farmer's money and horse, hastily departs for London, later selling the horse. A tale recounted by Mayrick recalls how Tom was asked by a poor man to steal a pitcher for him. They went together to a merchant's, where Tom started belittling the man's wares, having told his friend secretly to take the pitcher of his choice. Tom distracted the merchant by telling him that there was a hole in one of the pitchers which the man denied. Tom desired him to put his hand in the pitcher to test it, and the man still denied that there was a hole. Tom then asked him how, if there was no hole, could he have put his hands inside. By this time his friend had disappeared with the pitcher undetected. Another tale from Pritchard's book involves an occasion when Tom is staying in an overnight inn, sorry, an inn overnight, and realises other people are planning to rob him the following day after he sets off. He has a large sum of money with him. The following morning he behaves as though his money is in the back saddle of his horse. When the highwayman catches up, Tom drops the saddle in the middle of a pool. The highwayman wades into the pool to fetch it. Tom takes the opportunity to make off with the highwayman's horse. A complication arises because the horse responds to the voice of the highwayman, crying, Stop! Luckily, Tom, in terror, happens to shout a word which makes the horse gallop on again, and he is conveyed to safety. But I'm just going to check. Did I read that correctly? Because the horse responds to the voice of the highwayman. Oh, right. <laughs> I did read that correctly. Sorry, I, I when I read that, I thought I said, like, um, the, the voice came from the horse. Um, but no, uh, I'm just an idiot. Another tale recounts how Tom way, waylaid a rich squire who was accompanied by his daughter. Tom was so smitten with her that he returned her jewelry to her and attempted to woo her against her father's opposition and initially her own. One full moon shortly after the robbery, he crept to her window, roused her from sleep, caught her hand at the window and kissed it, refusing to let go until she promised to marry him. She wouldn't promise, so Tom drew his dagger, drew blood on her wrist and threatened to sever her hand unless she assented to marry, to marriage forthwith. She agreed to marry him and she kept her hand. The marriage followed soon after, despite her father's views and the directness of Tom's courtship methods. The girl was supposedly the widow of the Sheriff of Carmarthen, though this marriage Tom is supposed to have gained respectability, eventually becoming a justice of the peace, sitting in judgment on others, a position he held until his death, age 79. So that's some of the uh, tales that were told about Tom. Uh, it's quite hard to tell whether, 
I mean, they very well could have been real stories, like, that could have happened. Um, but it's it's really odd that, like, this thief and uh, highwayman that was causing such trouble would later, um, you know, judge, be, be able to work a job where he gets to judge other um, thieves that are in this sort of doing the same bad things. Because back then... Um, the punishments for, for this sort of stuff was a lot greater than it is now um, so it's just quite odd to me that um, he would just be put on you know on the council working um, with the sheriff that he was trying to get away from and somewhat so the next section of the other article we're back on to um, randerman.net uh, says fact from fiction and we're going to start reading that now. The legend of Tom Shonkati lived on in oral tradition in Wales for 200 years before being written down by Meyrick in the early 19th century. There exists his will, a genealogies, his poetry scattered for different manuscripts, his pardon in five Eliases under Great Seal 1559, and an account of his conflict with Vicar Morgan David of Tregarum. In the reports of the court of the Star Chamber around 1600, the ruins of Fountain Gate are still visible beside the Tregaran Abergwesson Road, a mile outside the town. Yistrad Diffin, with an 18th century facade, still stands, and Abbey House, Strata, Florida, is much as it was. Tim Shonkati's cave near Yistrafin, Brandurman, Carmarthenshire, is popular with tourists. It is hidden in an RSPCB nature reserve. The kite still flies there. The lair up on Hawkmoor is impossible to find, except perhaps by a blind harpist. Now, I think um, the lair up on Hawkmoor is impossible to find. I'm not sure if that's referring to the cave, um, but uh, probably not because you know the cave is very easy to find now um, because it is uh, signposted. If it wasn't signposted, now that I've been there, I probably would have gone straight past it because it's not on the, the walking path. Um, so may maybe it is talking about that. About that. Um, and then it just goes over, you know, that he's born in 1530 and goes over that sort of life story um, again. So, yeah, a lot of this we have already covered. Um, I don't really want to talk about... <laughs> When he was born and died again, because I've done that about three times, just sort of like uh, rereading um, through some of this article. Um, and then the next section uh, is about Danish Reserve, which is the RSPCB um, site in which the um, cave is now located, which is all about that. And this website has got lots of uh, photographs. It really is a very, very beautiful area um, that I recommend you go and visit. It is free. It's free to park. Um, they do ask that you put a donation in, so if you do have like a little bit of money, please just put some donation into the donation box. But yeah, it's a really nice place to visit. It's just really quite hard to find, and it's very much out of the way. Um, my sat-nav, when I left Pembrokeshire, which is where I live, said that it was going to take me an hour and a half, and it actually took me like two hours and ten minutes to get there, because it was like another 35-40 minute drive. Um, from the village that the satnav took me to um, and I probably wouldn't have found it without the help of some locals that um, set me in the right direction whereas from there then I just followed signs to get to where the cave is 
and yeah there's also some pictures and videos of the cave um, some of these pictures are from like the 1900s very cool if you enjoy the history but um, the last thing that I want to go over um, I know a bit gutted that I missed this I don't think they do it anymore is that in 2009 there was a festival uh, for Tom Shonkati um, and apparently it was a great success I don't know what was at the at the festival I imagine it was face painting and if there's anything like the festivals that I've been to that are based on olden times uh, making shields and stuff like that um, there is a YouTube video and which has got photos from the festival and then there is an archive of photos it does look like it is just uh, music um, bull rides uh, of course it's whales so instead of a bull it's a sheep um, and stuff like that yeah, it looks pretty fun um, I wish I could have gone I wish it was still happening since I've only just found out about this guy but with that said and done I think that's about it for the history of Tom Shonkati I know this has been a pretty short podcast um, I think these are the different episodes are gonna vary in length uh, based on what we talk about because some things have got much bigger history behind them and some things like this um, I've got a much shorter history um, unfortunately I don't have the book um, that was mentioned here so I can't read some of the stories as they were written in that book but there will be episodes where I'll be able to read from my folklore storybooks um, about the, the folklore that we are talking about and yeah uh, we're also going to be talking about some actual history at some point but I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Great British Falkery podcast this is episode one I'm sorry if it's uh, not as high quality as some of the other podcasts you've listened to this is the first podcast I've ever done um, and I don't really have a podcast partner um, I'm doing this on my own so if you enjoy please follow and there will be lots more content in the future I don't know what I'm going to be doing next time but it will probably either be the Lady of the Lake which I visited twice or I might do some actual history because I want to go and visit a place called St Fagans which I really enjoy which has got history from the Victorian era um, to, so I can get a feel of what that's like and then when I do a little bit of history um, of the places that they built that around um, I can talk about what my experience being sort of experiencing that was like but anyway i hope you enjoyed and hopefully i'll see you next time bye bye